0: Auzubillahi min ash-shaytani r-wadeem, bismillahi r-rahmani r-raheem, rabbi shwahli sadri wa yassir li amri, wahlu al-ughdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli insha'allahu ta'ala. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my dear sisters. Welcome to the Ikna Sisters Empowered Series. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, a colleague of mine brought her daughter to work. She happened to be wearing a costume on coming to the office, a crown and a beautiful purple dress. I asked her, Maryam, who are you trying to be? And she replied, Elsa. I said, what? And when I asked her, um, not understanding, she sounded frustrated and replied, Elsa from the Frozen movie. And I felt outdated and felt embarrassed, not knowing abruptly. And it made me realize, you know, how we get peer pressured from these uh, film industries. And for many of us, you know we see movies and shows occasionally idealizing these characters, uh, actors and actresses who undergo adversity throughout their life, not to mention depression and even suicide in many cases. to us, they are heroes living out the lives we wish to have. But how can we say these lies are filled with truth when our real you know heroes are filled in the pages of Sira? and i 'm really thankful to our outreach team of uh, Igna sisters who are doing these uh, empowered series learning of real-life heroes and true role models. And so far, uh, alhamdulillah, we have learned Hazrat Asiya's determination and commitment to her deen. We saw the purity of and modesty of uh, Hazrat Maryam and her mother, maybe peace uh, with them, loyalty of Hazrat Khadija and sincerity of Hazrat Aisha, Inshallah, we will learn more. But before that, let me quiz all you sisters. Who can guess who said these words? A woman's best jewelry is her modesty. Anyone? Okay, if you did not figure out, that will be your homework. Or maybe you can um, go back to your uh, local halaqas, Inshallah. So, Inshallah, today we will be learning more about Um, one such uh, role model, who was uh, the daughter, the fourth daughter of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, Hazrat Fatima. Hazrat Fatima was born five years before the prophethood. Uh, She was born during a chaotic and momentous occasion in Makkah. At the time, the Kaaba was undergoing renovations to prevent the structure from being empowered. As the tribes all came together to ensure the Kaaba's foundations were strong, they were dealt with the last task, the placing of the black stone, the Hijriya Swad. The task that was the the different tribes uh, would not just agree even the slightest bit on. The tribe leaders fought and claimed their own right in placing the sacred stone back into its proper place. It was then they turned to an arbitrator, a neutral party who could make the fairest resolution possible. Make every tribe have one representative come forth, hold a piece of a robe, the arbitrator provided, and all take the stone to its rightful, you know, spot. So the arbitrator, you know, was Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi sallam, who was not Prophet at that time. After such a victory of the people of Makkah, it was then. The Prophet received the news of Hazrat Fatima's birth. Hazrat Fatima was the youngest daughter of Prophet Muhammad and his wife Khadija. The Prophet was reported to have said the best women in the entire world are four. Mary, mother of Isa, Asiya, the wife of Pharaoh, Khadija, mother of believers, and Fatima, daughter of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Fatima was also bestowed, uh, you know, with two titles, Az-Zahra, which means the dazzling or brilliant one, in um, reference to her radiant face. She also had the title Al-Badul, referring to her pure character. If we examine her short life, we can see that she was an inspiration, one who embodied the qualities of courage, determination, humility, and selflessness. And, you know, um, since she was a young girl, uh, she you know, com- uh, accompanied Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam everywhere and went outside and knew exactly what was, you know, going uh, uh, out there. So uh, to her surprise, uh, the people of Quraysh, who had honored her father greatly as, uh, you know, the titles were given as truthful and trustworthy to him, they became very hostile towards him after he declared the prophethood. And this, you know, little girl who was six, seven years old, she was observing the rudeness of Abu Lahab and his wife next door throwing trash and thorns on his way. So, but this difficult childhood in which she was trying to be very patient became her strength, you know, later on uh, in her, you know, years. For example, she showed much courage at this particular occasion when she visited the Masjid al-Haram with Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as he began to pray abu jahl and some other group of Quraysh gathered around him abu jahl you know dared anyone to throw the guts of uh, and remains of a uh, slaughtered camel so uqba bin um, abi Muqeed threw it on his shoulders and uh, while he was making the sajda asat fatima you know however you know she was she wouldn't just stand back she was crying and feeling very sad um, you know, for her father in this humiliation, as they were, you know, like making fun and cursing, so she started to scrape off uh, the filth from her father and angrily lashed out at the enemies. And Rasulullah was telling her not to cry. You know, Allah Taala will eventually grant us, you know, like grant them victory. So just imagine this young girl who was not even ten stood against those, um, you know, tyrants and another time abu jahal uh, saw her outside and slapped her uh, you know and uh, abu jahal he just hated her because from very young age she had accepted islam and mashallah, she was rightly guided always there to look out for her father Hazrat fatima was so upset but instead of going back to her home crying she went to abu sufyan who was the main leader of Quraysh. even though he was not a muslim at that time um but he was a man of morals and a just ruler. So he heard the complaint of this young girl who was determined to seek justice. He told her to go with him and slap Abu Jahl as hard as he had slapped her. And, you know, she did. When she finally returned home and briefed her father what happened, he was very proud of her and made dua for Abu Sufyan to accept Islam. You know, Subhanallah. You know, her standing up for what she believed in you know, social justice gave her the the courage. So after Hazrat um, Hamza and Hazrat Umar had accepted Islam uh, and Muslims were, you know, given some, uh, you know, power, the Quraysh were very upset and needed a plan to weaken the Muslims and their su- uh, their support from, you know, Banu Hashim. Nazar bin Haris, who was very clever and had, you know, once before tried to distract the Makkans from Uh, receiving the message of Quran by getting, you know, like uh, these uh, girls who would sing and dance from Iran. You know, once again, he came up with a brilliant idea. And this was the idea of, uh, you know, a cutthroat social and economic boycott of Banu Hashim, uh, similar to like a, you know, reservation camp. So Prophet's uncle uh, Abu Talib had a place called Shib Abi Talib or Valley of Abu Talib. Away from Makkah, where all the members of Banu Hashim and um, Al Banu Muttalib, they were forced to live, um, and the entire Makkans were forbidden to provide food and have any kind of dealings with them. So, which you know, lasted for three years. So, Fatima Zilah was only 12 years old at that time. She suffered these tough times with her family she witnessed starvation helplessness of eating leaves and cooked uh, you know like uh, leather when there was nothing to survive on you know she witnessed the crying of small children when their mothers could not nurse them but you know like she's going through so much uh, you know like hardships but one would think that you know this little girl will be traumatized and grow into a disturbed individual um, you know, and maybe blaming her father for these uh, hardship. But Alhamdulillah, you know, she became a better and a stronger Muslim after going through these difficulties. And so did other Muslims. These tests made them pure and selfless in nature. And, you know, in, in comparison, I was thinking just a you know, uh, week ago when Hurricane Florence was about to hit the um, Carolina and Virginia uh, were in state of emergency i heard uh from friends from the east coast that the grocery stores were emptied out by the fearful residents in case they could not you know leave their house uh, and get groceries but do we become more selfish or selfless at this time and um Even, um, I was just thinking that, uh, you know, if we don't even, you know, do groceries, season for a month, we will not go hungry. Alhamdulillah, the amount of food we collect, regardless of any Katrina and, you know, or any Florence. But uh, may Allah protect us all from, you know, these kind of uh, disasters. So after the boycott uh, was lifted, Hazrat Khadija became very sick and soon after uh you know she left this world leaving her family in a great sadness alaihi wa was devastated at her death uh, you know because Khadija was the source of love and support ever since uh the you know the first Wahi came and fatma um Fatima, was only 15 years of age and you know being the youngest child and much closer to Khadija, who had raised her on the best morals and characters as, uh, you know, she herself was amongst the title of, you know, woman of Jannah. It was also very, very sad. And Hazrat Fatima was with Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And, you know, she was there with him when no one was, especially after, you know, like when Hazrat Khadija had passed away, she used to take care of her father. She comforted him, cooked for him, come to his aid in difficult times. And she played the role of a caretaker and was given the title of Umm Abiha, the mother of her father. And, uh, you know, she found herself in a greater responsibility towards her father while he was facing now more difficulties and bitter situations in calling people towards, uh, you know, the Deen Islam. And she doubled her efforts, hoping to get reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she stood beside her father at the death of uh, his uncle, Abu Talib also. And uh, the things had become, you know, like uh, became very, uh, you know, difficult and out of hands as the persecution of Muslims started to spread all over. So even Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had gotten hurt after uh, he had visited uh, Taif uh, in hope of some assistance. So after this, the Pledge of Uqba took place and then the Muslims started to migrate to Medina. Um, During that time, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam had married Hazrat Sauda, so she will take care of his household, his daughters. And um, after that, uh, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam also migrated to Medina in, in company of Hazrat Abu Bakr and then hazrat saada the, ummi kulsum and fatima were you know left behind but they were so worried because you know they had seen the disbelievers come their home in search of prophet muhammad sallallahu but only to their disappointment um, and they found that hazrat ali was in his you know sleeping in his place so after some time uh, one night Zaid bin harza knocked on their door he was sent by Rasulullah sallallahu to bring them to Medina. and Fatima, when you know she found out, she was so happy to hear that her father was okay, and soon they will be, you know, meeting him. So they prepared right away in the secret so the uh, Meccans will not, you know, know of their plan. So they left in the middle of the night, putting the, you know, their trust in Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. And then, you know, Fatima and Razila uh, Talanha was uh, about eighteen years of age, when they are, you know, like uh, migrating to Medina, and she's full of energy and full of passion, and she was so eager to meet her with her father, and that energy that you know, like uh, every time the Hazrat Zayd would, you know, stop for them to rest, you know, because her mother and her sister were also there she would just reluctantly, you know, obey them. Otherwise, she wanted to just basically just fly like a bird and see her father's beautiful and face and, you know, his uh, listen to his sweet words. And um, so their journey is, you know, going towards Medina. She's so excited to see uh, her father. Uh, inshallah, ta'ala, uh, until next time, we will um, uh, end it right here and, uh, in part two, we will continue Hazrat Fatima's story, Inshallah, Taala. Wa dawana da'wan hamdulillahi rabbil alamin. Assalamu alaykum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. A'uzu billahi shaitan your shaytani r-Radiim. Bismillahi r-Rahmani r-Rahim. Rabbishraili sutri wa yassir liyamri wa hlu lughda min lisani <laughs> <laughs> yafqa inshallah ta'ala assalamu alaikum wa wabarakatuh my dear sisters welcome back to the ikna sisters empowered series okay so last week alhamdulillah we looked at some aspects of Hazrat fatima's life which has left indelible path for us to follow as a role model so her formative years of learning and experience was during the entire Makkan period her childhood years taught her to be courageous and determined standing up for her rights and on the other hand, we saw that her sufferings made her patient and firm personality, providing motherly care for her father in distress. So we saw that as Hazrat Fatima was entering you know, Medina and she's so excited to see her father, she didn't even care of her injuries as the enemy had tried to attack them during the hijrah. So, But their long wait had ended and towards the Medina's side, Rasulullah sallallahu wa was also anxiously waiting to greet them. And you know, Prophet sallallahu always received his daughter with royalty as related by Hazrat Aisha in the hadith and Hazrat Aisha says that anytime Fatima will enter the room, Prophet sallallahu sallam will be so delighted over her visit and then he would get up, greet her, kiss her, hold her hand and sit her where he was sitting. Subhanallah. What an honor in respect to a daughter. And come to think of it, you know, this was the time of Jahiliya when the girls were buried, you know, as soon as they were born due to the fear of bringing dishonor to the family. But Rasulullah led a way for the men to follow in respecting and honoring women and girls in the you know Arabian society. And we tend to think being a true, you know, gentleman comes from the Western society you know opening the door for your lady or you know in anything ladies first uh in the dealings um but you know my dear sisters this is the sunnah of our prophet and the best humans are selected by allah subhanahu wa taala to be the prophets and true gentlemen and rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know treated her like a princess and one of the reasons for his love, uh, you know, for Fatima was also because she had adopted so much from the uh, Prophet uh, Wasallam, such as her, you know, like beautiful, radiant face. Hazrat Aisha says uh, regarding Fatima, I have never seen anyone who resembled Rasulullah so much in looks, speech, character and conversation than Fatima. And, you know, this was because if you remember, since she was young, she used to follow her father around outside in Mecca, you know, keeping an eye on him and protecting him. So at the Hijra time, uh, she's about 18 years of age. And when the battles of uh, Badr and Uhud took place after the second Hijrah, uh, you know, beside her house chores, she was always there to help. The Muslim woman, with their covering and, you know, code of conduct were very helpful to the Muslim army. You know, they had a lot of uh, work that needed to be done, chores like, you know, providing food for the men and taking care of the animals, feeding them, sharpening their uh, swords, taking care of injur- injured ones, you know, uh, people who, and giving them water. Many times they had to do the surgery at the spot to save their lives. Yes, these, uh, our Muslim women, they were very, um, mashallah, skillful. So she was always amongst the sabiqoon and awaloon, always in the upfront, wherever help was needed. So with Fatima's high status in the eyes of, you know, our prophet sallallahu alaihi he treated her with royalty. But you know, we should not misunderstand the meaning of royalty. Do you think Prophet married his daughter to a very wealthy sahaba because he wanted her to be happy in this life? Of course not. He sallallahu alaihi accepted the marriage proposal from Ali r.a Anha over other very renowned and wealthy companions. But it was very unique how um, Hazrat Ali went to Rasulullah. He you know he goes to him and then bashfully he sat down very close to him, and he was unable to tell the purpose of his coming. He sat down there for a long time without saying a word. He was reluctant uh, to make his request, fearing that it might be rejected. So the messenger of Allah gently looked at him with his smiling face and then asked him, what is the matter, son of Abu Talib? And then he understood at that moment, you know, he was a mentor what his intention was. So intention was to marry very best, you know, Fatima binti Muhammad sallallahu And there was a, another good point that, you know, sometimes we um, are trying to, you know, help out our sisters and mentoring them. You know, if we have very good relationship, then we can understand what is going on with their lives and what they might be thinking. So going back to the wedding, instead of uh, throwing a big, you know, grand wedding or sending her off with a you know big dowry. Rasulullah sallallahu made dua for them, he, and he also gave both of them advice at the time of the wedding. So he told his daughter to respect and honor her husband at all times, and then the advice that he gave to uh, Hazrat Ali was not to get angry, and if he happens to get angry, remember that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is all powerful. Over his servants and tolerance of their sins. Subhanallah, you know, what a simple wedding. And the Prophet had the foresight to invest in the future for not only himself but for future generations. By showing us that extravagant, you know, wedding is not is only like a investment in this life and not the hereafter and you know sometimes i really see this around us that uh, you know the bride and groom are just so stressed in planning for their wedding day you know it's just for one day and months ahead they plan and they totally neglect the fact that you know maybe for a few days they you know out of these months they should educate themselves to have a successful life together and get a you know training inshallah so may allah grant us and our kids to give this vision towards the you know ultimate success inshallah ta'ala. so hazrat Fatma was very content with the economic situation of hazrat ali who was then poor she lived with him in protection of the honor you know and of her husband and she was so patient seeking just the reward from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. she would perform the household chores and carry out her obligations as a wife she was always pleased with the you know little food and drink as Fatima Razilatala Anha was well known for her compassionate and gentle personality she was very generous helping poor and needy often she would give her food away uh, even if she you know it meant that going hungry herself it is related with Ibn Abbas um, and some mufassirin explain this uh, the uh, shani nuzul of surah dahr ayah 7 to 10 to have revealed after Hazrat Fatima and Hazrat Ali gave all their food away for three consecutive days while they were fasting, to a poor man and an orphan child and a captive. And the ayahs uh, say in Surah Dahar, actually these are my favorite um, ayahs, أعوذ <speaking> بالله <in Hebrew> يوفون بالنزر ويخافون يوما كان شره مستطيرا ويطعمون الطعام على به مسكينا ويتيما وأسيرا إنما نطعمكم لوجه الله لا نريد منكم جزاء ولا شكورا So, Allah says, they fulfill their vows and fear a day, the evil of which is widespread, and they feed for love of Him, the poor, the orphan, and the prisoner. They say to them, We feed you for Allah's pleasure only. We desire no recompense or thanks from you. So, Hazrat (laughs) Fatima eventually. Uh, you know, she gave birth to four children, the Prophet Sallallahu was very close to his grandsons Al-Hassan and Al-Hussain and would often be seen with them. There are many ahadiths mentioning the love, uh, you know, for his grandsons and uh, we have learned so much from, uh, you know, like Rasulullah Allah wasallam, uh, having his grandsons during the prayer, lengthening his uh, prayers and so on and so forth. And um, we see that Hazrat uh, Fatima, you know, like, unlike her sister's husbands, Ali was very, you know, poor. And both he and Fatima had to work very hard. Hazrat Hassan says in one of the narration and that our mother used to fetch water, grind the grain, wash our clothes, get us ready and, you know, do other household uh, chores. um, And, you know... Because of that, she had knots in her shoulders and blisters in her hands. And once, uh, I mean, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam saw Fatima wearing a cloak of camel skin while uh, grinding the grain with her hands and holding her child. And tears came from uh, Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's eyes. And he said, um, daughter, bear with the her- hardship of this world, and later you will enjoy the blessings of the hereafter. And uh, because, you know, since the boycott in Makkah had really affected uh, Hazrat Fatima, she had become very weak and used to get very tired with all the hard work she had to go through. On one occasion after a battle, a lot of money, um, precious jewelry and prisoners of war, um, both men and women were taken by Muslim army. So Hazrat Ali, because he, you know, used to feel sorry for Hazrat Fatima, he suggested that she should go to Prophet and ask him for a maid to help. So Fatima went to um see her father and request him for some help, but he was not at home and she left a message with Hazrat Aisha. So when the night came before going to sleep, her father came to visit her. The Sahaba, you know, add in this narration that the um the condition of uh, Sah Sahabi Sufa well you know, they were in greater destitute condition. And they, you know, did not have food for three, four days and uh, they did not even have proper clothing to cover their aura. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi sallam, had decided to spend the goods for them. When he saw Fatima, um, you know, his sweetheart, and he did not want to disappoint her by saying, sorry, I cannot give you a slave because I have promised, um, you know. So instead, you know, he told her that, you know, tasbih He Fatma that we all know about. And I was just thinking that what a you know, like he was such a positive uh communicator and um instead of, you know, like making things in a negative manner, uh, he gave her something and he said that you know, let me give you something better than a slave girl. And he taught her some, you know, these uh phrases uh, of Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah and Allahu Akbar. And, um, you know, I'm just so grateful that, if, you know, if she had not taken this Tasbi patiently, we all would have been deprived of it. And what a sadhqai jariya for, you know, the lady of Jannah. So, Hazrat Fatima spent her life um, as a pious servant of Allah, always patient and grateful to her Rabb. There was not a word of complaint from her, however difficult the circumstances. The world um, and its attraction, you know, held no charm for her. Her motto in life was always service for Islam. Whether it was charity, her home, or battle, she was always in the forefront. And uh, there is a narration in Sahih al-Bukhari that when uh, Prophet, (sallallahu uh, alaihi was asked on one occasion whom he loved best in the world, He named his youngest daughter Fatima. But, you know, sometimes we misunderstand the meaning of love with our children. We need to really think, do we spoil them or do we prepare them for akhirah? And uh, maybe we can learn it from this hadith, uh, Bukhari, where Rasulullah said, O people of Quraysh, save yourselves from the hellfire. As I cannot save you from Allah's punishment, I cannot save you from Allah's punishment, O oh, Safiya binte Abdul Muttalib. I cannot save you from Allah's punishment, O oh, Fatima. Binti Muhammad. Ask me anything from my wealth, but I cannot save you from Allah's punishment. I mean, this is Hazrat, you know, Prophet Muhammad saying, but actually, what did he give from his wealth? He gave her, you know, tasbihe Fatima. Subhanallah. Hazrat Fatima's entire life revolved around Rasulullah Sallallahu She even accompanied him during the conquest of Makkah. But after that, Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam became ill upon his return to Medina, because his life mission was almost over. And when Fatima heard that Rasulullah is sick, she went to visit him. And Hazrat Aisha actually narrates this: that we, the Prophet's wives, were gathered around him when Fatima walked towards us. By Allah, her walk is exactly the same as that of the messenger of Allah. When he saw her, he greeted her by saying, Welcome, my daughter. He then asked her to sit to his right or left. He then whispered something to her that caused her to cry. When he saw her sadness, he whispered something else to her, which caused her to laugh. When I saw this, I said to her, The messenger the Messenger of Allah bestowed you with a special secret, yet you cry. Later, Aisha asked Fatima what did he whisper to you she was curious so Fatima Zahra answered i would not announce the secret of messenger of allah after prophet's you know death um Hazrat Aisha you know insisted that i insist you by my right over you to tell me what he told you so then Hazrat Fatima said yes i will tell you now the first time he whispered to me he told me that angel Jibreel, he used to review the Qur'an with him once a year, but this year he reviewed it twice. So he said, I think the time of my departure is near. Therefore, fear Allah. And um, Hazrat Fatima said that, you know, so I cried as you saw. But when he uh, you know, noticed my sadness, he once again said to me, Fatima, are you not satisfied that you are the Sayyidatul Nisa or the you know uh, leader of the believing woman? Uh, is it not satisfying to you? Um, And in another narration that he also informed Hazrat Fatima that she was the first one to follow him after his death. So, you know, all of you must remember the details of the death of our beloved Prophet, how Hazrat Umar reacted. The entire Arabia was scattered like the herd of, you know, Sheeps whose shepherd was gone. Just imagine how Fatima was devastated. She became very ill and she just did not recover from her sadness due to losing her father. And Hazrat Fatima also passed away after six months as if you know her life mission of serving the final prophet was complete. One thing she was very particular about and requested Hazrat Ali to bury her during the night and make sure not to expose, uh, you know, her body um, to any men who were, you know, not her mahram. So if you remember in the beginning last week, uh, I started with a quote, uh, shyness is the best jewelry for a woman. So, you know, we see that she lived a very short life of, you know, but it was a true Muslimah. She was only 29 years of age. Um, and this was the life of, you know, like I was just calculating and then she was five years old when Nubuwa came and 13 years of, um, uh, Makkan life and then 10 years, uh, of Medinan life. So she was just about, you know, like five, six years older than the, you know, 23 was the total, uh, you know, the Nubuwa life of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But we see that, you know, despite her busy life at home, kids, husband, she dedicated her life for Muslim community in Medina with her code of conduct and modesty along with other men, other women. She played a key role in the battles of Uhud and Trench, um, you know, taking care of the wounded and, you know, preparing food. So she really laid down uh, for us an exceptional example in her marital life, in her excellent relationship with her neighbors, her relatives, and in her role as a mother by giving her children the proper Islamic education. This is in addition to the never-ending household chores. At the same, same time, we, you know, she was keen at doing deeds that could make her attain Allah's pleasure by obeying him and his messenger. She performed her prayers at their prescribed times. She spent a great deal of her efforts and wealth in the way of Allah. She always, you know, was very truthful in her words. And then she tried to follow her father. By this, she became a righteous model for any Muslim woman who is knowledgeable, struggler in way of Allah and um, inshallah, ta'ala, you know, for all the generations. Um, so may Allah be pleased with her and make her Ours and, you know, all of us, uh, you know, as a role model, inshallah ta'ala. Subhanallah, you know, just preparing for this series was an honor as my love for Hazrat Fatima just expanded. It has been exactly uh, six months since my father passed away. And many times I find myself very emotional, grieving over his death. You know, learning from uh, Hazrat Fatima's story, I'm just trying to overcome my sadness, which sometimes weakens me from following trying to follow my father's legacy of, you know, learning and teaching the Qur'an. And just to tell you the truth, this life is very temporary. It just hits you when you, you know, lose a loved one in your life. And may Allah give us the pious company and, you know, good reminders. And to keep us on the track, may Allah give all of us Sirat-i-Mustaqeem. وآخر الدعوانا لله الحمد لله رب العالمين سبحان ربي رب العزة يما يسيفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين